Welcome to What's Up Sexy. Yes. Hello, hello, party people. We're so excited to have you here. Yes, as always. I'm Amy. And I'm Val. And, and we have... Oh, I'm so sorry. Don't apologize. We were both just so stoked for this so moment. <laughs> Go for it. It's all you. Yes. I was going to say, we have a special guest on today. Nico is in the studio with yes. Amy and Chris. And, you know, Nico, I'm so excited. Amy, as Amy pointed out earlier, I get to do this. So what's up, sexy? Ah, <laughs> oh, my God. My body felt electric. Right? Oh, my gosh. That is so awesome. Uh, what's up, sexy? What's up, sexy? Yes. How's what's it up, going? Sexy? Wow. Yeah. Is, is it my turn to check in? Am yeah. I first? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, of first. course. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm back in Seattle. Um, Tell us where you've been. I have been all over the place. So I'm currently living in Hawaii. Oh. And um, oh, my gosh. So I've, beautiful. I and bet. your skin's like glowing. I'm just assuming <laughs> yes. the vitamin D is just soaking you up. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, I do not take for granted a moment that I am on that Ina on that island I bet. yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah my skin loves it my energy loves it my spirit yes. loves it oh. yeah but I have not been there um for the last three weeks now mm -hmm. I've been on the mainland on the west coast oh. and I've been working my way up Southern California to San Fran to now here in Seattle. And it's the first yes. time I'm back in a year. That's crazy. So... Yeah, I, yes. my, my check-in is like, I'm all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> you made it here. And how long before you moved to Hawaii were you in Seattle for? I lived in Seattle for seven years. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, so this was home. I yes. was home. I'm like only imagining the difference between living in Seattle and Hawaii. Stark. <laughs> so right. I was going to say, complete black and white. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to like take a moment to thank the Kanaka people in the Native Hawaiian Kingdom um, for graciously allowing me to live on their land. Um, well, not really allowing. It's stolen land, but here yeah. we are. Yeah. Just acknowledging it. And then also the Duwamish people for the land that we're on right now in Seattle. Yeah. Oh, man. That oh, was I wonderful. I love that. Fuck yeah. Yes. Thank you for that, Nico. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so nice. That felt good. That, I felt electric at that moment. Ooh. Yeah. Right. And it's, yep. no, I, and I, I appreciate you for just for coming out and saying that on here because I think that we don't really get the chance to like say thank you and send gratitude to yes. the stolen land. And so I really, really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. acknowledge mm -hmm. it for even what it yeah. is. Yeah. Right. So true. That's amazing. Ooh. Well, welcome back. Thank you. And I'm yes. so glad that you were able to find time to like spend with us and do this because I know that your time is very limited. So we really appreciate that. Ah, you're here. It, it, you do not need to thank me. This is a privilege. <laughs> I am so fucking excited. I listen to your podcast. I love your energy together. Okay. I'm like, how do I fit in here? All right, we're gonna we're gonna be ourselves <laughs> easily. <laughs> yeah, easily, yeah. Easily I know. Easily. And then I remember like, oh, you're my friends. So. Exactly. Yeah. Effortlessly. Exactly. Super chill here. Yeah. <laughs> welcome to welcome to the fun place, as I like yes. to say. It's <laughs> the best spot. Val, how are you? Yeah. I'm good. So I'm currently in Connecticut. My last week in Seattle is actually last week. Isn't that so, it's so fun funny? You guys are transitioning right? yes. in different. <laughs> Right? It's like passing ships because it's like the day I left was the day you came in. And so, yep. <laughs> yeah, that's so fascinating the way like just the universe works. But no, so I'm in Connecticut right now and I'm doing good. I just like 
this last weekend, I was in upstate New York with a few of my friends and I was telling him, I was like, I have to tell this story. So yesterday I went white water rafting <gasps> for the first time with Dude, said yes. friends. Yes, it was so much fun, but like partway through it, I, like the the raft like or some kind of like wait I don't know would it be a wave maybe the current got really 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 strong and that was my first time in and I fell in the water so no. I don't know what to say. you went swimming yeah wow. fell in the water and I was wearing my glasses because I didn't know like people made it seem very very chill like if my friends like it's were like with floating me, down the river <laughs> I was gonna say you know like I'm gonna say my friends who were with me no one said anything about how like not I, I don't want to say treacherous but just how like kind of cray cray like the water can definitely Uh get so I I was like zero prepared and so I still was like wearing my glasses just like la 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 fell in and at first I was like oh I'll just be able to get back in the water nope the water swept me away (gasps) not gonna lie it was it was kind of scary no lie and all I can remember was my friends just going like keep your legs up and that's the only thing that was going in my head as like the water swept me away for like a few minutes and I was just like floating down the river pretty fast and just like banging my body around and at one point I'm like glasses are still on my face glasses are still on my face and then like a crash of water came glasses were no longer on my face (gasps) nowhere to be found oh my gosh (laughs) I know and I was just like oh but thankfully like our uh, like another group of our friends were like ahead of us and so they were like Val just swim to the boat just swim (laughs) over here and I swam and they like pulled me out of the water and then my friends came and got me (laughs) and that was like two hours into like a five hour trip oh my god first off you're a badass (laughs) thank you like the fact that you were just so like calm cool and collected in the water I feel like I would have been panicking like getting flipped out and then just being drugged by the water like scary yeah it it definitely was and that's what my like the the people I was with they were just like oh my god you were so calm and I was like I didn't know what else to be honestly yeah a complete moment of surrender and I even said later because like I think they also lost like one of my shoes so I was like "Mm, sacrifice to the river gods my class I got some bruises and I was just like and then like towards the end all I could think was just like you know what I'm pretty sure this river also washed away a lot of fears that I had about I was gonna say it was like some real life you know like life and death like people drown in that river so I was just like holy shit I made it out here so whatever to the bullshit here I am but yeah so that's why I'm wearing obviously you guys can't see me but I'm wearing sunglasses (laughs) I took a photo for everyone to see don't worry (laughs) I took a photo of the screen so I could show everyone that you're wearing your sunglasses that's amazing the river taketh and the river giveth dude seriously it was wild but it was overall like a really great weekend just to like I came in just like to be able to be in nature as well especially coming from Washington it was like my first weekend here and it was like immediately in nature and like on a farm and I'm feeling like really Uh, recharged but also ready to like sleep a lot oh I can only imagine (laughs) first off that's just like so crazy to think that like your trip started off as like an adrenaline you know ran Mm -hmm. thing and then it turned into like a, a a moment of just stillness and understanding like I can only imagine what was going through your brain like you were like this is the moment where I just 
stay here and they just yep. do what I have to do to like get to yep. where I need to go and like all yep. your worries and fears have just have to just like drift out of your mind yeah literally everything like my mind has not like I you know I like I love to meditate and yeah. my mind has mm-hmm. not been that empty <laughs> like that clear I don't even know when it was just like yeah. nope, this is it so present in that moment did you feel fear or were you just like um, I'm, I'm fine I'm just gonna yeah. keep my feet up and go it was like, so there was definitely some fear, mostly because like there were times where my helmet, so, you know, I'm wearing like a life vest. I was also wearing a helmet. And so the helmet, like there were times where I couldn't see and oh. the, like that made me kind of nervous. Oh, but then, wow. like and, and there were like other people on like the sides of the river who were like yelling, but not like in a panicky way. And so I was just like... I don't know what else. So literally like I, as like when I would get my helmet up, I was just like, okay, it's up wow. here. I can see things. Let me just, let me just flow. And like, so there wasn't, I feel like the fear came after, like it, it was kind of like a shock for sure. <laughs> and then when you realized boat, how dangerous yeah. it was. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Because I was just like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. This is my first time. And so I was just like, let me chill. But then afterwards in the boat, like, cause we were on there for another two and a half hours. Oh, so I could, wow. feel, there were, yeah. So there were times where I could feel myself getting tense again when moments came up and I had to go no we're here it's okay you know what to do now so it's totally fine (laughs) Val that is literally okay are we predicting the future here because was it in our last episode that we discussed about taking our floaties down the river and just like letting it ride because I was saying yeah I was talking about how I have my deck that it's the the earth deck and the 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 waterfall card kept getting pulled (gasps) multiple times and I was like what are we just supposed to like grab our rafts and just go down the river and just let all of our worries subside and I'm pretty sure like I predicted your future there because that's exactly what just happened for you oh my god Val this is our podcast is some powerful shit guys okay (laughs) this is this has happened multiple times now with us it's like we'll do an episode and then the week later or two weeks later it's like that thing that we were talking about yeah Yeah, it it happens yeah like you with your ankle um (laughs) it's like i feel like all your stuff is so like dangerous it's so physical i know (laughs) mine was like with my partner like we we were just talking about i was like bring me a man that's gonna give me all the things and then like the next week i met my partner wow yeah it's been crazy crazy yeah. how like it's been kind of predictive like, but that's right? the power of language right absolutely like, yes. the power of speech yeah yes. Yes. words really yeah. matter words are, yeah yeah and words are spells so they yes. say, you know for the good of all harm harming none moving forward may none of this ever be physical i know no more going in the water <laughs> yeah now. let's let, let's specific. like manifest some like n- like cozy things like yeah lots of cozy vibes moving forward for val <laughs> oh my gosh you're literally so freaking awesome that's so cool. Oh, thank you. I know my yeah. mom. My mom had just brought that up about some, like I guess some of our friends or family are gonna go do that the whitewater rafting, and I was like, why? Yeah. It's so fun though. I love I, it. I, I love it is fun. whitewater it rafting. Is fun. I bet. But I was yeah. just like the water. Just I was like, but why? Like you would just I, in my head. I was like, what if you go in? <laughs> no, I'm good. I don't want to mess. That's with water. too funny that the two Earth signs are like, put me in the river, and, and, I'm, <laughs> and I'm the water sign going, no, no, nope. I know what's down there. No, <laughs> like, I live there. I live there. I'm there often in my head. I yeah, just would I'm like good. to stay <laughs> in one place. <laughs> yes, stay on terra firma. I love yes. It. <laughs> wow. Amy, how about you? How have you been? I'm good. I'm good. I was just talking to. Nico before we got in here about you know learning how to 
decide because it's like a lot of times we want all these things in life and you know you want to have this and you want to have that and you want to do this and that but a lot of, unfortunately we have to choose and trying to figure out those decisions and mm-hmm. I, I've just been noticing more like I got to go out of town this weekend with my partner mm. and like have yeah. a getaway and like not have the worries or the stress or the constraints of like reality I guess you could say mm-hmm. or like the life that we're made to have not that we choose really and I I just I, I just thought it was so interesting to just be out like normally when I'm out on a vacation I'm just like yes I'm in it and I was just like man I was like thinking so much about life Mm -hmm. just being in Leavenworth and Mm -hmm. it's been really nice just to just have a partner that you can discuss that with and like talk about that for your future and then just like trying to establish that and just yeah I just have been feeling really good in my head lately and I like it I like it a lot (laughs) love that for you thank you thank you it's been awesome so I've been really I've been I've been very chill it was nice to like get away not have any response didn't have the dog didn't have the child to feed (laughs) right yeah it was so nice I could just literally focus on myself and my partner and it was yes. great. Beautiful. Those yeah. chances are so rare. I know. I know. And it's just like one and of those things. they don't have to be. And they don't have to be. And it's like, right. it's so nice to be, you know, be able to go somewhere that's so crowded, but have it feel so intimate as well. Yes. And just makes you so excited for all of those more uh, experiences and those intimate moments of like things to come. So yeah, it's Absolutely. been, it was, yeah, I've been really good. Yay! Yay! Oh, that like rest and recharge. I oh. love it. Such good energy flowing through the studio. I can feel it from here. I can feel it across the country. Yes, <laughs> literally across the country. This is epic. We're having yeah. you across the country. I know. Wow. I know. Which means this is just going to be just as easy for you to come back when you're in Hawaii. Right? Yes. You come back on virtually if you're not able to come to the, yes, the mainland. Wow. Yes. I, would I know. Love. This definitely doesn't yes. need to be the last time. <laughs> the, the first the first, first of many. many times. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, my, my gosh. So should we go into our moment of presence? Yes, and like do I love breathing. that. Yeah, let's let's like do some breathing and then we'll do a card pull for Nico. I'm so excited. Yay, I'm so excited too. Okay. Yes. Okay. How about, you know, everyone who's listening in, you know the drill. If it is mm. safe enough for you to do so, we're going to go ahead and invite you to close your eyes and join us for this opportunity to get present and taking this time to pause, giving yourself the opportunity to take a break from the busy day, your busy lives, your to-do lists, must-do lists, all the racket of the outside world and giving yourself this chance of peace. And so we'll go ahead and just take a few deep breaths together. Go ahead and inhale. And exhale. Inhale. And exhale. One more time, inhaling the biggest breath you've taken all day. And we're going to hold it for three two, one, and exhale, maybe wiggling the shoulders a little bit, moving your head from side to side, allowing the peace to really envelop you, envelop your entire being. Mm -hmm. 
And before we open our eyes, I am inviting everyone who's in this space to take a moment and think about one thing that you're grateful for today. One simple thing, or it could be a big thing, anything, the first thing that comes to mind. Want you to go ahead and think of what you're grateful for. And when you've got that thought, I want you to go ahead and imagine yourself planting the seed of that gratitude into your heart space. And if you can, putting your hands over your heart and allowing the warmth of your own radiant love to shine on your gratitude. Letting that energy permeate through your entire body. And on the next inhale, take a deep one in and we'll just anchor in that feeling. So go ahead and inhale. And as you exhale, sending that gratitude out into the world, into the universe. And whenever you're ready, you can go ahead and open up your eyes. Mm. Mm, thank you, Val. Thank you. Oh, yes. thank you. <laughs> oh, my thank goodness. Thank you, guys. <laughs> that was so peaceful. Yeah. Oh, yay. I'm so glad. Thank you for holding that space. I like to, like, I don't know, sometimes just, like, I can feel myself, you know, getting in my head sometimes with that one just allowed myself to just kind of flow with it and go with whatever was popping in my head and my intuition and love. it felt like gratitude. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Oh, that was so beautiful. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it was so a really much. good reminder. Yeah. Thank yes, you. Absolutely. Absolutely. My loves. And it's crazy okay. when you said think about something that you're grateful yeah. for. And I was like, Boom, 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 boom. I like mm -hmm. so many things popped up and I was like, man, you don't realize how many things like so quickly can pop in your brain when you think about being grateful. Yes. And like you need to make yeah. sure you project that out more. That was wonderful. So true. Thank you. Yes, Nico, of course. Anytime. Do you have a question for oh, Val? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hmm. Let me think. Do I have mm -hmm. a question for the cards for Val? Um... What do I need to let go of to be my most truthful, authentic self and to speak mm. my truth today? Ooh. Ooh, that's a great Ooh. question. That is a fantastic yes. question. So let's see. So thank you, angels, for making your presence known and for revealing to Nico what they need to know, what they need to let go of. Bring forth their authenticity. I love that question. That's such Definitely. a good one. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking like about that this. river. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Just oh. kind of let things flow <laughs> the way that it's intended. Yeah. And sometimes yes. our rivers of truth get dammed. Yeah. So, like, what's Ooh. damming me up? Oh my gosh, just so many words of wisdom. I just feel like there's just so many to pluck from. I love that. I know. It's like my favorite thing when we listen back to the podcast and we're like, oh, that mm -hmm. quote and that quote. Mm -hmm. oh. Right. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, let's see. Nico, do you have a preference on? So I shuffle. I went ahead and shuffle the deck. I've got a top card. Do you want to like pick any of them? Do you want me to intuitively? How do you? I want you to it? intuitively draw. Okay, I will Thank intuitively you. draw. Of course. Okay, let me put these out in front of me and. It's so impressive how well you're able to read the cards, Val, by the way. Like every time I've watched, I'm like, I'm, my eyes are closed and I know what you're doing. Like I can feel you doing it. And it's just so, I've always just watched you do it so effortlessly. And it's like your hand just like magnetizes to like the right card. It's always yeah. been so like, it's amazing. It is super, it, yeah, it, like, like it, it's something that started happening. I want to say, I, th I think when I got this deck, it's just something that I intuitively started doing because typically, you know, they're like shuffle the deck and split it into like whatever piles. But then it's just like, I just, yeah, I'll kind of allow spirit. It feels like to move through me and then pick the right cards out. So I'm, I'm super, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So. I'm super excited for this card as well. So the card that came up was the Shaolin Master, which is wow. yeah, oh, and that's underneath beautiful. the I know it's a beautiful card. And so the so um, the message here is to be graceful in movement and action. And we'll definitely huh. take a picture of this card as well. Wow. And um, strong energy this. in that card. Yes. Yes. So many and different so, things happening. Right. <laughs> Um, so the message under here, it's like slow and steady, breathe and flow, take a gentler approach. Hmm. And so you are being guided to flow like water, blow like <laughs> air and connect with your purest intentions. Don't feel you need to rush ahead. A gentler approach will be more fruitful and rewarding. Move with subtlety and grace. Reach high, but also ask yourself how you can move with the flow of life rather than pushing against it. Mm. Do you have the capacity to refocus your gaze at this time? Can you slow down or take more time to soften and breathe as you move forward? All of this will be incredibly beneficial for what happens next. And so, you know, to me, what's coming with this is like, you know, you ask what you can let go of mm -hmm. and because it talks about flow to me, it's like kind of letting go of resistance. That's what I see there too, mm -hmm. because that person is in like a fighting stance, which is mm -hmm. my usual stance towards the world. Mm -hmm. Like the world's out to get me. Right. And breathing and relaxing and surrendering, like being thrown in the river, the best way to survive is to let go. Yeah. Yeah. Let go and let flow for sure. Understanding that sometimes not having control is the most control. Mm hmm Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And just wow. yeah, surrendering kind of to mm -hmm. life. So, yeah. Yep. Wow. Control is an illusion. Yes. It all is an illusion. <laughs> that is crazy. We're on like a water flowing river rafting we trip. Are. <laughs> yes. Water's wow. been a really strong element for me here in Seattle this whole trip. Yeah. 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 I mean, I entered the city through the ferry. I entered the city through the water, which felt really beautiful because I was feeling so much fear in my body coming back mm -hmm. into Seattle. Yeah. Because I experienced mm -hmm. so much trauma here that my body remembers yeah right. and so the water you know is connected to our heart chakra and to our sacral mm -hmm. chakra and those are the things that really need healing in me and so the water carried me here that's beautiful yeah. oh 
That's so that. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Nico oh my god! It's like I'm a poet or something. I know. <laughs> I can't. Okay. I don't know. We haven't even begun to tell people why you're here, but like, if you didn't realize, <laughs> I was like, literally, I was just, I was not about to say anything. I was just going to listen to you flow for the rest of the yes. episode. I'm like, all right. <laughs> oh wow, that is wonderful. Well, we're so excited that water got you here because mm-hmm. I. Like when we were talking on the way here, I am so excited to see what beauty you've made out of your healing and Mm -hmm. how much you've put yourself out there for this healing. And like, I can't can like commend you enough or can, is it commend condone? I don't know the right word, but I can't give you enough praise or like bow downs to you for how wonderful you speak and project about your healing. And it really gives people a sense of feeling closeness Mm-hmm. to be able to heal for themselves. Because I know that there's a lot of things that you've been through that I haven't necessarily been through myself. And there's a lot of things you have been through that we've talked about that we have similarities to. And any time that I've talked to you about your journey or your healing, like it has always given me a sense of like comfort and safeness in myself to heal. So I'm really excited to have you here. You're making me cry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm legit. You can see the water right here too. Stop. Oh. I'm... I, I literally, I think you're one of the most kind souls and caring mm-hmm. souls that I've ever met. And I, I'm, I'm really excited to just keep watching you grow. Thanks, Amy. Yeah, of course. Wow. Yeah. Welcome. Well, we've got water on board. Here it is. <laughs> just got to keep letting it flow. Oh, man. Yes. Yes, and so we have Nico here today. Um, They are going to be talking to us about their healing journey um, and what that looks like for them and some poetry that they wrote in that process, which it's going to get erotic. It's going to (laughs) get steamy. It's going to be good. I'm so excited. That's what we're here for. And so, yeah, go ahead and like tell us a little bit about you. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Welcome. I know. I did not. I started you off so emotional. Well, I'll say a couple of things about who I am, just identity-wise first, and then I'll dig into my story. Yeah. Um, but I just want to acknowledge like how beautiful it is to be here with you and Val, because both of you in your own ways have really contributed to my healing process. Um, mm-hmm. And so something I've been doing while in Seattle when I've been spending time with folks is giving each person a gift. And that gift is a memory of them that I have where they really help me through a difficult moment where maybe they don't know that they did that. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. Oh. Okay. <laughs> this I is going to be the that. crying episode. <laughs> I know. I like as you started talking, I already started getting yeah. tears in oh my, my gosh, eyes. Oh my gosh, it's so beautiful. Okay. Yeah. So... Val, you and I connected because Emily gave me your information because I was really wanting to dig into and dive into some really difficult, tender, vulnerable topics around mental Mm -hmm. health and race and how those Mm -hmm. things intersect and how I can show up as a white-bodied clinician and white-bodied activist in my work and making sure that we are tearing down these systems um, that you know, developed alongside police and carceral systems, the therapy Mm -hmm. world developed alongside of it and how to show up in that work. So Mm -hmm. you and I met on a like 
very intense topic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you were just down for it. And, you know, like, I really got to practice asking for consent with you Mm -hmm. in owning my privilege and asking for consent in space and talking to you about something that could be potentially Mm -hmm. triggering and traumatizing. Mm -hmm. And the way that you just showed up as yourself in that interview and just really allowed so much space for me gave me such a sense of courage and um, hope. And during that time that I was writing it, I was living in Portland. I lived in four states last year. And so you caught me in a moment where I was in Portland and it was a really intense summer and it was right before I decided to go to eating disorder treatment. And that Mm -hmm. project and that interaction with you just like really grounded me and made me feel more sense of interconnectedness in the world. Mm. Yeah. And thank you, Nico. I so appreciate you because like just to be able to, I think you, you brought this present cause that was like my first interview, you know, outside of like a job. Yeah. <laughs> and so to like, you made me feel incredibly comfortable just from the onset of like, you know, calling me and asking and just like, making me feel safe enough to speak, especially about the topic of, you know, mental health spaces and race. And like when it, like it was the height of like the protests, right? Like that was, it was literally a year ago when that happened. I think it was June or July when we talked. And so that like, I had been feeling a lot as well. And I had been um, like at that time, I think I had just gotten like diagnosed with like workplace PTSD, depression Mm -hmm. and anxiety. And like, and, um, and my experience was not great during that diagnosis. And so to be able to talk to you about that, it was still fresh. And like, um, there were definitely like, I don't know, for me, like being able to talk to you was a beautiful opportunity to heal myself. So Mm. back at you. That was beautiful. That was so beautiful. Oh my gosh. And then Amy. (laughs) You're like, I don't know if I'm ready for this. (laughs) (laughs) You were with me. During a trip that we took together Mm -hmm. right before I moved from Seattle Mm -hmm. in March of 2020, right before like the pandemic was just starting. We didn't know how intense and serious it was going to be yet. And I had just like been freshly assaulted in January and was like really struggling and having a hard time. And you and I and a few other folks did this trip together and you just like... You gave me your amethyst point Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you pulled cards for me and you did art with me and you just accepted me for who I was in that moment, grief filled, broken, feeling like so hopeless. And you just gave me this like zip of like, I see you, Mm -hmm. I see you and I love you just the way you are. And we had Mm -hmm. like just met and it was so powerful. And that boost gave me what I needed to make it to San Francisco. Oh my gosh. That's so wonderful. Aww. I remember that too. It was so wonderful. We got to like all get together and mm-hmm. I remember getting to meet you for the first time and I was like, this person is amazing. Like I just felt so, we we connected so easily and mm-hmm. I, I could just see that you felt very reclosed and I just wanted you to blossom and that's so wonderful that you could feel my energy and be being like, I see you. You're wonderful. You're beautiful. Yeah, I did. I felt it. That's so amazing. Oh, my gosh. I love that. That is actually something that I want to start putting and implementing in my life is gifting Mm -hmm. people a moment of, you know, realization what they've done for, you know, me. Because that's something that I don't think we talk about enough of like how much we appreciate people and how much their impact really can have. And it can be Mm -hmm. as simple as the first time you meet or a phone conversation or whatever it is like we 
realizing how important like your interactions are is huge. Yes. And thank you for the reminder because that is something that I I actually really love. Wow. Yeah, we don't tell we don't get to hear the ways in which we impact people yeah. in helpful ways, yeah. you know? Like no. often if we're having an impact conversation, it's like you harmed me. Yeah. Right. And so true. Yeah. And sometimes it's okay to share the things that are helpful to us. And like, this is healing, you know, we're talking about healing Mm -hmm. today. And besides poetry and writing, like community and interconnectedness Mm -hmm. and interdependence are the things that have helped me in my recovery from PTSD and from an eating disorder and from being an adoptee. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's, oh my gosh. I can't. You, she keeps me like you. Like always have me speechless every time I talk to you. I like just I just process your words so much, and I just have yeah. nothing to say because it's just so like exactly what I need to hear. Yeah, yeah. And so so powerful and impactful. Yeah. I think you like you. Nico are like one of the most open people I've ever met and so like and I don't know if you like you you get that often but like yeah because <laughs> I'm you know what I like be, and and I appreciate it because you you really get into it like you know what I mean like you don't mince words and you're just like no here I am and here's what I'm going through and you know and here's also what's like fucked up in the world as well and I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. talk about it. And, and and like there's just this like powerful raw energy that you exude and like and it's especially like one of the things I also appreciate about about you is like when I'm following you on Instagram and you just do your dancing Ugh. where you're just like I'm going with it and I just flow yes. and I can f- I feel like the energy that whatever you're trying to let go of and I, it's like I can see it all around you and you're just so 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 wonderful so I just I appreciate that because you I feel like you doing that it's like we talked about on the episode before, like you open up that space for others as well. And so like, you know, you're able to do that there as well as, um, you know, like I want to just shout you out with <laughs> your, your podcast as well. Like yes. you can totally talk more about that <laughs> later, but like, that's also a space where you've gotten really vulnerable and really open. And I remember hearing like, I think one of your first episodes and just going, damn, damn like I I'm that's I want to do the same thing like I want to be just as open to talking and sharing and just having these healing spaces for people so thank you for that thank you yeah stories are how we heal absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah storytelling yeah yeah talking it through processing it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay so those are your gifts here's who I am (laughs) after that wow that big build up of how you experience (laughs) me so I am 32 years old. Mm -hmm. I am white-bodied with a racially ambiguous history because of being adopted. The racial background Mm -hmm. of my birth father is still in question. There's a story about being half Mexican. We don't know. Okay. And Mm -hmm. that's okay. Yeah. It's not okay. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a whole other can of worms. We're not (laughs) going there right now. Anyway. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I'm also a licensed mental health counselor in the state of Washington. And I just recently (gasps) reopened my practice after a four-year hiatus after my birth mother died. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that. Wow. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. How does that feel? Insane. Insane in a good way, um, Mm -hmm. mostly because I just cannot believe the journey I've been through the past four years. Like it's taken Mm -hmm. me four and a half years to get back to a place where I feel like I can, where I'm filled up enough that I can give back to others and hold space for others. Yeah, Mm -hmm. And that really only came after I started focusing on my eating disorder recovery and re-nourishing my body and my brain Mm -hmm. because, I mean, you can't, 
you can't give to others when you're quite literally starving. Exactly. Like, right. That's not a thing. No. A million percent. Yeah. I'm also an adoptee, as I've mentioned. I'm also mm-hmm. neurodivergent in that I have ADHD, which means that I have a highly creative pattern-seeing brain, which is very valuable despite what society wants to say about that. So true. <laughs> yes. Um, and I have complex PTSD, which means that mm-hmm. I have a highly sensitive nervous system that needs a very specific set of ways of caring for it in order to meet, for me to be functional and relational in the world. Wow. So that's who I am. That's where I'm coming from. I'm also a poet. And um, I'm in Seattle partially because of the poetry book that I'm releasing in November, all about all the intersections of these identities and this healing journey that I've been on. I am so excited for this. Yes. And can't wait to support you and read read all your poetry. I love it. It's, again, just more of an opportunity for you to share like that beautiful rawness and your own energy. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And also like for you, um, taking the time as well. Like I think something that doesn't get talked about enough in like healing spaces is the, um, like the wounded healer. Yes. And so for, so, so the fact that you had that awareness to just be like, I need to take my own time and space away to heal myself. And so that, because you're right, you can't come from a place of being able to really help others at your best self. If you are starving yourself, like, as you said, quite literally, but also emotionally, spiritually, like whatever it is. And so the fact that you had that, right, exactly. And the fact that you had that like foresight, just be like, nope, I'm still like, that is a huge, huge, huge thing. And I just want to give you kudos for that as well. Because it's very rare that people actually have that realization for themselves, especially Mm -hmm. people in like the healthcare department like that. They're so Mm -hmm. engulfed Mm -hmm. in their patients and like working Mm -hmm. towards it. You lose yourself and you lose your identity, you lose who you are. And like the idea that you had taken the time to realize that like you needed to figure out you for you is so beautiful yeah um are you did you reopen your practice in hawaii then so i'm not licensed in hawaii okay i'm working on my license no underground no underground no underground no 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 no, no. (laughs) so with the ways that um the pandemic has changed the way that we do therapy in that we do teletherapy now That has given me the freedom and the flexibility to be able to see people who are physically located in Washington State, because that is where my licensure is, Mm -hmm. for therapy clients. And then I can take on coaching clients in Hawaii. Wow. Um, And then in addition to that, I am doing a grief group called Wild Morning, and that is Mm -hmm. a 10-week series where each week we talk about a different element and the way that it shows up and becomes out of balance in grief and how we can be in good relation with that element and bring it back into balance through recovery. Wow. Yeah. You're so it's doing like a lot and it is right? so impressive. <laughs> yes, and so wow. amazing and so needed, I'm sure. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. It feels good to be back in a place where I can start to be of service in the world again because I've yeah. taken the time to be of service to myself. Yeah. And having to realize too, like as an adoptee, I was essentially conditioned to be a therapist. That mm. was my role. That mm. was my job. Right. And so Mm. taking the time away really was important for me in separating myself from uh, helper or healer as an identity Mm -hmm. and to find out who I am underneath all of that. Like, what if I'm actually of service to no one? 
Um, am I still worth? Am I still worthy. a worthy, good human being? Do right. I still deserve to exist if I'm not in service? Yes. Mm. Yes. <laughs> if you're in service for yourself. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. And Absolutely. it's funny because I feel like we had just had this conversation outside before we came in mm-hmm. here about how I was saying it. Like sometimes, you know, you have to realize that in those moments when you want to give back and you want to help heal so many things around you that if you don't take that time to be a little selfish and heal for yourself, yeah. you're not going to be that person that you need to be to move forward mm-hmm. for everyone else. Right. Oh, that's so wonderful. So the w- where I want to take y'all on this journey yes, I'm so is... I'm obstructed. <laughs> <laughs> Down this winding road and through, I feel like, you know, I'm thinking about the card that you pulled at the beginning, Val, and just mm-hmm. breathing and taking this slow and going with the flow. And there's nothing more flowing and honest to me than my poetry. Um, mm. And so I want to tell you a story through poetry, through the poems that are written in my book. And the themes that we'll touch on are relationships, sexuality, sex, queerness, gender, assault, consent, and attachment and addiction. Mm. (laughs) So like that four and a half years I'm talking about after witnessing the death of my birth mother, Mm -hmm. this poetry was written in that time. And so it's aspects of myself that I used to still sometimes really struggle with a lot of shame about because these are the parts of me that showed up to help me survive this time of intense grief and trauma. It's how I got through. Yeah. So, I'm all so right, ready. are you re- We're ready? We're <laughs> so ready. So like I said, every time this. you speak, I'm so, I like all I do, I'm such a talker, but every time you speak, I, all I want to do is listen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like nodding like, over here like, yes, I know, yes, I'm yes. like trying to think of ad-libs to say, but I'm just like, keep going. Keep going. No. Nico, you've got this whole episode. I just want to listen Whoa. to you. Also, it's so yes. uncomfortable for me to be given the space to just like read and talk about my work. <gasps> and um, I'm just going to embrace it because I deserve to take up space. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, you're worth everything. Thank you. Yes. yes. And this is the safest place I feel like to be able to do that. So go, yeah. go for it. Yes. Okay, I'm going to read you the dedication to my book first. Perfect. This book is a letter for my lovers, past, present, future. Relationships are teachers existing in seasons. There's no such thing as permanency. Thank you for learning and growing with me, diving in deep to those shadow-filled caves, finding out that we are really the same. The desire for belonging, a constant need. I hope you find yourself in these pages, that you'll see the answer is within the duality of lonely togetherness. Failure isn't real, mistakes are a fallacy. Consume these words with a brave heart. The darkness is medicine for souls hungry to feel seen. Truth, the best nourishment for wayward seekers. Now take my hand down this crooked path. Let's discover together. Learn how to keep our hearts open till it comes time to say our goodbyes. Start anew and begin again. Wow. Mm. <laughs> That's just the dedication? That's the dedication. Okay. <laughs> when does, okay. When does the book release? What day is it? Um, <laughs> it's. I don't have a date yet, but it will be in November. Okay. We're going to keep this up and going yes. on at letting everyone know because, <laughs> oh my gosh. Already, I'm just Your like, words yeah, are just so <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The way that you construct 
your words and the the way that you flow and like your words are so powerful in what you're yeah. saying. Thank like it you. makes this is impact. my magic. When you were talking about channeling um, or feeling spirit val and reading your cards mm-hmm. and picking the cards, like poetry is just spirit coming through me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I can take like some ownership, but like really it's, this only happens when you're open, when you have an open channel, when you're like open to yeah. receive. Yeah. And you don't get in the way. Same you don't thing. let the editor get in the way. Yeah. And that's what I learned how to do after my mom died because my brain was broken. Like mm-hmm. I, I couldn't give a fuck about yeah. what anybody else thought, uh, even about what I thought. It was just like, okay, I'm trauma soup. I don't know what to do. Where's a pen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just let it flow out. Do you find it easier to speak or do you find it easier? You find it easier to write? It's much easier to write. Reading is still a growth edge for me. So okay. this is, mm. you know, out of my comfort zone, but we're here. We're stretching. Oh, you're doing yes. great. You're yes. doing so great. And I think it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot pow- more powerful hearing it from you. Yeah. You mm-hmm. just, you feel your emphasis and you feel your emotion and your passion behind it, especially on how you like use your verbiage and everything. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> So the first section of the book breaks down and explores more my relationship with feminine or motherly maternal aspects in relationship. Um, And, you know, that's really complicated being an adoptee of having a birth mother who I'm then separated from, relinquished, Mm -hmm. then placed into a foster family, then given a new name, a new identity, my legal birth certificate changed, I'm now a new person, what the fuck is a mother? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. All this stuff. And so um, this book is also very sexy. Mm-hmm. And uh, because th- uh, after my mom died, I also experienced, um, I don't want to call it hypersexuality because that implies pathology, which it's not mm-hmm. pathology. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely wanted to be having sex and being physically connected to other people after my mm-hmm. mom died because it was one of the few ways I could actually be in my body period right. oh, wow. the collision the impact like okay I exist here yeah. I am with another person yeah. wow feeling that energetic pull from someone else yes wow and mm. as we know sex feels good it can feel really good and in that way it can become drug like yeah. and when you're in right. the pits of grief what do you want pleasure yep, so yep. something to make you feel good yeah. something to make you feel good so this yep. first poem in the first section is titled my mother was an addict oh mm. and this will give you a taste first poems you heard the dedication here's the yes. first poem right out the yeah. gate oh. yeah i'm so ready i'm so ready for this <sighs> my mother was an addict i told her that i loved her when i didn't I wanted to love her. I wanted to believe that I wasn't using her body as an escape, trying to forget my dead mother in her pussy. Each lick, flick, swirl of my tongue bringing me closer, her pleasure giving me life, baptizing me anew. I was born in a dark place. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Jeez. When, when do you feel like you would, when, when did, did you write this poem right after your mother passed? So this poem was written after I had my first big romance with a woman. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I was 27 years old and I had just come out as queer. I had just gotten a divorce from my husband at that time. 
I, this time I still hadn't explored my gender identity, so I still was mm-hmm. identifying as a woman. Yeah. But it was my first um, queer sex experience and my first queer relational experience. And for any queerdos out there listening, you know, <laughs> you know, that first person, it's like, what? This is what sex is? Yeah. This is what passion feels like? Yeah. What have I been missing? And yeah, it, it was very yeah. intense and intoxicating, intoxicating. Oh, wow. That was... Go oh, for sorry, it, Val. Go no, you go yeah, for it, Val. I was going to say, I was just like, I feel like I could feel that intoxication, like, as you were reading it. And so to mm-hmm. be able to, like, to your point, like, to be able to bring those two things together, like the intoxication as well as the grief, it's so, like, I'm going to keep using the word raw. It's because that's just what yes. you're coming through. And just, like, how, um, and, you know, I don't know if this is the same process for, like, all of your poetry, but at least for this one, you know, like Mm -hmm. what was, what was going through you when you were writing this? Yeah. As I was writing it, I had to get out of my own deep sense of disgust Mm. and shame to let these words come out because Mm -hmm. I felt so gross to reconcile the part of me that was using another person as an escape. Mm. Right. And I don't feel good about that now. Mm. And I can have compassion for myself for the space that I was in and how that happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. You know, hypersexuality after a parent dies specifically is a very common grief response that we don't talk a lot about. We don't hear no. a lot about. And elementally, fire is the element connected to sex. And so mm-hmm. when you're feeling that, fire is like what brings warmth and creation, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it has the potential to destroy when mm-hmm. left to its own devices. Yeah. When there's no containment. Mm-hmm. So this was a fire burning out of control. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then, and now with you reading, a, like reading it now, like how does that sit with you? My cheeks are flushed and I feel fire in my body. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Does it bring you back to those moments of writing or does it bring you back to those moments of like your very, very eccentric relationship? Oh man. Well, I don't want it to bring me back into that body space because yeah. it was a really tough body space to be in. Yeah. Um, and I can, I can feel that a little bit, but mostly I just feel like a deep sense of compassion and regard uh, for that past me. Which like, just proves even more how much healing you've done because yeah. I, I think a lot of people don't realize that until something is brought to attention that you might not have healed, until mm-hmm. you've you've had it out, out of nowhere, you're processing it again, like sometimes you don't even realize that it's still simmering. Yeah. And so to hear you say that like you still just have compassion for yourself of understanding that moment, like it just shows how much time and like preciousness you took for yourself yeah. to heal. And also acknowledging, you know, and I've been talking a lot with friends recently and to bring it a little bit back to um, the way that we met Val, but like mm-hmm. what is love? Love is being able to take accountability for the ways in which we unknowingly, unwittingly inflict harm subconsciously in the way, like our shadow material, the way that that can cause harm on others. Being able to take accountability for those things while also still holding grace and compassion in those spaces. Because the truth is we're human and we hurt each other. So that's a given. Mm -hmm. How do we move through that hurt? How do we move Mm -hmm. through that harm? And in taking accountability, what I've of my own shadow, and like, 
using other people as an escape from my grief, Mm -hmm. I have come to really reconcile and see that each person's heart and their soul and their being is sacred and fragile. Mm -hmm. And we have so much potential to either help a person heal or to like bring them really harm them really hurt them. Yeah. Put some gasoline on that fire. And it's not to be taken lightly. Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, we pass people so often in life and we have people come and go and it's so sad that that's not recognized more. Yeah. That, you know, we're all inside just trying and Mm -hmm. to realize that your actions affect other people. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, I've talked about this with Val. Um, actually, I don't know if we had mentioned it on the podcast before, but I'm, I, you know, we're always, we're going to end up hurting others. Yeah. It's, it, it's in our nature. There's, it, if not, it's not how, but when. Exactly. When and how. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's understanding that and being, like you said, putting yourself forward and to saying, well, I love this person and we're going to figure out how to move past these hurts that happen mm-hmm. and be a part of the healing and not part of the flame. Yep. Oh, yeah. so freaking good. Ah, man, she just like deeps into my heart, my soul, and yeah. my brain. I'm just oozing. And yes. here's a like relational repairing moment for us in this moment. I have a really hard time sometimes with close friends correcting them with my pronouns in the moment. Yeah. Um, and so what I ask when it happens is to just like quickly correct and move on and not overly apologize. So mm-hmm. I'll ask you, Amy, if you could um, pay attention to using they, them, which oh, you have mostly done. And um, I feel your respect for me and your love for me, but I'm just like, in this moment, let's practice it, yes. right? And that, thank you. I really appreciate it because I don't um, I don't have a lot of non-binary people right. in my life. It's a so, cognitive shift. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. definitely, in, even in the car and like how I like present my sentences to begin with like they or them, it's something that you really have to like process. Yes. So yes. I appreciate you letting me know. Yeah, and I feel your care and intentionality. Thank you. Both are true. Thank you. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Were you going to say something, oh, I, Val? Yeah, I was going to actually ask, um, Nico, how, because you mentioned um, taking accountability for your shadow, which I like. I really, really love that sentiment. And I just wanted to hear if you're okay with yeah. sharing on the podcast, like how do you take accountability for your shadow? And is that, you know, is that in the moment when you're with that person and like, or, you know, however that is? Yeah, um, I think it really depends, you know, I think mm-hmm. to take accountability with others, we have to first be willing to do it with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be really painful and create a lot of shame. And it's like the best, most powerful work. There are some people in my life who I have not had the opportunity to take accountability with the other person because there have either been no contact boundaries drawn on my account or on their account, um, or there just hasn't been the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in those situations where taking accountability in relationship isn't an option, then I really just try and lean into, okay, I see the harm that I've caused. I take responsibility for the harm that I've caused. And actually being in Hawaii has really helped me in learning the Ho'oponopono prayer, which is Mm -hmm. the forgiveness prayer. And it's, um, I love you. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And so I'll say that prayer and I'll send that energy out to that other person. Mm-hmm. Oh, I That's love that. One. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah. But it's mm-hmm. hard. It's like, yeah, definitely. And especially being um, in recovery from an eating disorder and being in recovery from addiction. Like I have a lot of accountability to take, 
You know, mm-hmm. that's part of our steps. Um, right. And so this is important work to me. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, you can tell just by the way that you speak that it, you can tell how important it is to you. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, do we want to venture into another poem? Yeah. Oh yes. my gosh. Poem me yes. all day. Go ahead. Okay. I, I kind of, I'm just going to like, read one and then um, say how it relates to the next one because I feel like the poems just paint the story. Okay. So you got to, you got a taste of what, you know, my mother was an addict. The Mm -hmm. next poem is a reflection of my attachment style, which is disorganized. Mm. Woohoo. That means I am both anxious and avoidant. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) Come close. Why are you so close to me? Back up. <laughs> it's me confusing and distressing for all involved, <laughs> myself included. Um, so this was like written when I was really reckoning with uh, the ways that foster care impacted me. Mm-hmm. And this poem is titled Feral. Mm. I won't run. The promise slides between my teeth. But the truth is, I'm always a flight risk. I never learned how to stay. My heart takes leave, frequently protecting itself in the tempting myth that I don't need love or anything. Disappearing into the night like a cat that can't decide if it wants in or out. Mm. Where do you feel like that? Yeah, I know. Snaps. (laughs) (laughs) Snaps. Sorry, go ahead, Amy. Where do you feel like you sit with your um, detached and anxious now? I've been really, really working hard on um, focusing more specifically on the parts of me that are avoidant and fearful Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's much harder for me to allow someone in close enough Mm -hmm. for me to even become anxious about them, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like you got to get through a brick wall. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Even as I appear, you're saying like, I'm one of the most open people that you've ever met. Like, sure I am. And yeah, (laughs) there is a wall. Yeah. There's definitely a wall. (laughs) And so do you feel like, is it, do you, do you feel like your wall is up because of you or do you feel like your wall has become up from so many other variables in your life? Yeah, this actually, I'm glad you're asking this question because it feels like a really good segue into reading Mm -hmm. um, the next poem, which is about being assaulted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the wall is a result of chronic and repeated patterns of being violated, Mm -hmm. gaslit, and manipulated throughout my life, starting Mm. in infancy. So when I say I have complex PTSD, I have complex PTSD. Yeah. Like many, many instances of childhood sexual abuse, foster care, Mm. you know, like that's a thing that happens. Yeah. Um, And so that wall became how I could feel safe in relating to the world because the only moments I ever felt safe in my childhood were the moments that I was alone with myself. Wow. With my books, with my music, with my poetry, with my paints. That was safe space. Wow. People, yeah. not safe. 
Right. Wow. That is such a crazy perspective to think of because there's a lot of people that sit in that same position as you do. And if you have never been in that position, you're not even aware that like sometimes people don't even feel safe unless they're literally by themselves with yeah. like their, their mm-hmm. things that make them feel safe. That's mm-hmm. an, And just to see like, and I know your, your history is, is so complex as to what has happened in your life. And, um, just to see you keep pushing forward yeah. is hands down so impressive because there's so many people that, um, I don't feel like have the strength to continue on and you've, you've just battled and battled and battled and you're like here today and you're, you're doing more for yourself and for others. And it's just so beautiful just to keep seeing it go. Thank yeah, you. Of course. Thank you. Yeah. I used to feel really, um, angry when people would call me resilient because I'd be like, mm. fuck you. I shouldn't have to be this resilient right. motherfucker. Yeah. Like, right. why did I have to go through all of this shit? Yeah. Um, right. And, and yeah, I'm sure you can both relate in your own ways, right? Like, yeah. I don't mm-hmm. want to be resilient. Yeah. No, it's exhausting. Yeah. It is. It's exhausting to have to heal. It is. It is. It is. Like, people don't talk about that enough, but it is exhausting. It's a lot of, so, it's a full-time yeah. job. 100%. Mm-hmm. And I think about, um, how in my darkest moments, I, you know, in the moments when I've wanted to give up, when it's felt like too much and I've, I've struggled with passive suicide, suicidality throughout my life. Adoptees Mm -hmm. are 70. Okay. Let me say the statistic, right? One out of four adoptees will attempt suicide in some point in their lives. Wow. There is a 75% survival rate of being adopted. Wow. 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 People don't talk about this. No. No. Not at all. all. At all. At all. all. At all. No. Wow. So that alone. Which is such a huge, like, I mean, it's huge. Huge statistic. One in four die by their own hands. Yeah. Wow. Because it's trauma. Yeah. Exactly. So one of my um, adoptee friends uh told me about this book, Man's Search for Meaning by Yalem. And in it, he describes his experience of surviving the Nazi concentration camps as a mm-hmm. Jewish person. And one of the things that he talks about in that book is like, instead of asking, what do I want from life? What is life asking of me? Mm-hmm. How is life asking me to show up in this moment? What is life, what experiences is life presenting to me that I need to rise to? Because mm-hmm. I didn't ask to be born. Life wants me here. If it mm-hmm. didn't, I wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. So how do I rise to meet life? And that has really stuck with me and gotten me through a lot of like really difficult moments when I didn't want to be here anymore. Yeah. Wow. You literally just keep me speechless. Like I, <laughs> <laughs> I could just listen to you talk all day because it's, it's so the the depth of what you're saying is so mind boggling to think about. Yeah. Cause you, we get so focused on life and how we like process and what we need to do and you know, what we want to do. And it's like, we don't take enough time for us to allow to see what's present to us and what's been given to us. Mm-hmm. And I, it just makes me realize like even more of how much more I need to be aware of like what life has been giving me like each day. Wow. Yeah. Jeez. Jeez. <laughs> I feel like I'm in my own like therapy. Session. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like telling me things I needed to know without realizing I needed oh, to know. Oh, I'm so yeah. glad. Yes. 
And that's why we share, right? Yes. It is a million percent why we share. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Do you have oh another one? Okay, I do. Yes. And I just wanted to do a time check. Like, how are we doing? Uh, we're should be good. Yeah, we've got a little bit more time. Okay, perfect. Because yes. I have I have several. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. You told me and I got space. I'm gonna take them. You take them. Yes. Just keep busting through. Yes. Oh. Okay, so I am going to first read you some sexy poems. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we can get a feel in our bodies for what it's like to be intoxicated by sex, like we were talking about earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Then I'm going to read you a poem about being assaulted. Mm. And then I'm going to read you a poem about reclaiming my body. Mm. How does that flow feel? Oh, wonderful. Okay. Feels beautiful. Let's yes. do it. All right. So I'm going to read three sexy poems and I'm just going to read them back to back. No, no pauses mm-hmm. in between. Okay. And then mm-hmm. we can talk about what you felt. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. The first one is titled Making Her Come. Ah. <laughs> oh, damn. Her rib cage cracked wide open to my eager palm, holding steady, fingers slipping till she reaches the brink, and I'm hit by the shrapnel of her light. Okay, next sexy poem. Let's see. Uh, This one is more kinky. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And it's called, let's see. Um, you can edit out all of my ums. <laughs> okay. And it's called Finding My Edges. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> okay. I've never read this poem in public. Really? <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. We're so excited. Yes. <laughs> all right. Ready? Finding mm-hmm. My Edges. Lash me, mark me, beat me, come on. You have more than that to give. Your canes, your whips, your leather strips me down till I get to the core and I can feel again. Edges, body, darkness, light, elegant violence, bringing the lessons I need to heal, to belong to the earth again. Please, more, more, more. The truth blushing in my skin, a swirl of rouge and purple, the beauty of being bruised making physical the pain within. Wow. (laughs) Your face. Wow. (laughs) One more, one more. Okay, Okay, we're going to do it. I know, I'm trying not to talk. (laughs) Um, This one is titled Costumes. I joke that today I'm wearing butch casual, overalls halfway slung, thick banded Calvins peering, hello. What I mean to say is I feel more like a man than I care to admit. I want to hold what feels like it belongs to me, the in-between. Call me daddy, I laugh, long hair twisted in tapestry palm, pumping a dick that isn't mine. Power is a potent drug. Scraped in morning flesh, dewy droplets of sweat, receiving the gift she grants me, the opportunity to speak deep voice that's been buried underneath, unshaven legs, a dark spot between us, a creature who can never be fed. Hunger is power too. Men have always known this. 
The need for control still haunts me. Pinked cheeks, blushing sting. She comes for the fourth or fifth time. If men knew we didn't really need that plastic is plenty, they'd call me a dyke and throw away my independence. The cage of my feminine body, the deception of my pussy. Men are really just afraid I can fuck their girlfriend better than them. (laughs) Desire has no gender. And they should be scared. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Desire has no gender. I love that. You had wow. so many gems. Like just Okay, reaction to sex poems. Wow. Yes. <laughs> I I loved that. Like for me, it felt like kind of like this build up where you were going and it like like each poem it felt like it got more powerful if that makes sense because it went from like you know like talking about like shrapnels of light and this woman and the orgasm and then it goes to like the kinky with like the beating and like and it felt like it was you know like from that perspective of like the sub in that way of just like yeah hit me harder and then you went from there to turning it around and just like no here I am now and I'm in control (laughs) and I'm taking the power and also I'll fuck your girlfriend yeah (laughs) that that was a roller coaster ride that I was super here for so in it I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It was like, I mean, it painted in its own story. Like Val was saying, it painted its own story in itself and just like listening to it. And I, I feel like there's a lot of things that like sat with me and just like in terms of like the, like the kinky part and like, yeah, it's erotic and sexual and like, oh yeah, beat me this and that. But like, there's a deepness to it. Mm -hmm. And it's like you said, that deepness of wanting to feel anything anything yes and I don't think I've realized this until recently but I feel like there's been some times like where that's where I sit where it's Mm -hmm. like I like you know after my divorce and trying to find myself and finding peace in in me and my body and like my sexuality and Mm -hmm. you know I I wanted just to feel again yeah and I just wanted to 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 feel pleasure and Mm -hmm. I, I I I need to start looking more into that and seeing where I sit with that because sometimes I can feel like that with you know my partner at moments like like not even intentional just like in the moment when we're doing it I'm like more and I'm like why 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 am I like going after it in such a dark dark way but it's like I know there's moments where I just like I need to feel yeah and so Mm. that's that was first off wow (laughs) I was like at first I was like oh damn and then I was like oh damn (laughs) and then just like the like and then there's like those moments where it's funny because like I've started to to feel um I think like in the security of my relationship right now that I have like I've been really starting to like like go with the flow when it comes to my sexuality and yeah. when it comes to like because there's days like I've I, I'm a very feminine person and I've always been labeled very feminine but there's days where I feel very masculine yeah of and course. before I would like shun away from that because like that's not how mm. I was like you know conditioned and that's not how I was right. raised and now I'm like I'm really starting to embrace my masculine moments and like mm. yeah and like sometimes with my partner I'll be like who's your daddy? <laughs> you know, like, I'm like, turn around. Turn around. <laughs> turn around. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I want to feel that power and I'm starting to be like, yes. that power, like you don't have to like, as as women, like for myself, like I'm like, I don't feel like I have to be, you know, shut down. Like, I feel like I right. can have the power and right. like, I think, you know, as, as, as time has progressed, like women in themselves are finding that power and yes. that, that was just like, ooh. 
<laughs> All of yes. that for you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, the ways that we're socialized around gender are just so, mm-hmm. I mean, from the moment before we're born, yeah. actually, before it begins. Born. Yeah. Yeah, and With it's the clothes just, here's your gender the, reveal party. And yeah. Yes, this, and, and I'm only going to buy pink for, because I know you're having a girl. girl and blue. Right. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, I, and I love that we're getting to this place where that is starting to shift, where people are just like, like at the very least in their small, like their, I shouldn't say small, but in their own ways, just like, nope, I'm not actually, I don't want to know. I don't care about the sex of my baby because I, w- I want them to be happy or like, you know, mm-hmm. you don't need to like, or like I'm seeing so many parents nowadays too, who are just like, I'm buying my children gender neutral clothing, even to show them like, you know, like that this does not have to make your identity and you get to choose. You get yes. to choose. Yeah. And I think that's so beautiful. And I'm so excited yes. that this is like where we're coming towards. Like, you know, we still got ways to go, but it's, we're getting there and yeah. I'm really, really so happy to be here for this. And I yeah. and I love watching parents in this new age like let their children just form however they yeah. want mm-hmm. with their outfits, their styles, whatever they want to play with, whatever they want to mm-hmm. do. It's like yeah. they they're starting to embrace it a lot more and it's yeah. It's it's I'm just so excited to see how that turns our future because you know mm-hmm. Me too. It yes. gives me hope. Yes. It really yeah. does. It really does. Yes. Yeah. It's so important. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and my and my point in saying that is like, of course you haven't felt connected to what we describe in our culture as masculine energy, mm-hmm. which doesn't actually have to be gendered at all, but yeah. it's been mm-hmm. socialized out of you. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so reclaiming that energy in yourself is really fucking mm. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mm. Speaking of pronouns, I have a poem titled Pronouns. It's a yes. it's a swing in a different direction. I'm totally on. We're here for it. Okay. Uh, yeah. You've got my attention. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> pronouns. No one told me that I would miss the sharpness of my grief. No one told me that an identity can come to be shaped by sorrow and suffering. The harsh angles of my face are softening into someone new. I don't yet know who. Their brow is less furrowed, cheeks fuller still, a spark in their eyes, vacancies filled. The hope of spring pushing through, thawing out pale winter hue. People seem to like the beauty in healing. They don't know the pain in letting go, of being able to hide. It feels so vulnerable to lose the armor that kept the grief close. I'm afraid her memory will soften too. No one told me there is loss in finding joy. No one told me there is loss in shedding the cloak. No one told me what to do with the freedom of finally embracing the truth. I have many genders, and you can call me they, them. Mm. like the oh grief process of of mm-hmm. coming into oneself and the grief process of l- letting go of grief mm-hmm. <laughs> wow oh my gosh and I, I love I, what you said yeah. about how no one told me that there was pain and joy because mm-hmm. I think that that's something that doesn't get focused on enough that sometimes to be happy you have to you have to go through the pain yeah to get where you want you do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I, I loved like in, in that poem as well, like all the polarities that you had in there of just like the softness and the sharpest the sharpness, the pain and mm-hmm. the joy. And like, just like I could see it happening and it was just, oh my gosh, Nico, <laughs> you're way with the words. You're just like wrapping me up and I love it. So yes. Much. <laughs> 
<laughs> do you have another one for I us? I do. Yes. Past life. Speaking uh, of mm. having to go through pain to yes. find joy. You'll like this one, Amy. Mm. I was a Midwest wife, sturdy in body, stubborn in mind, determined to stay on the path. You know the one of which I speak. It's paved with showers, ceremonies, and gifts, a collection of belongings, the shape of a marriage measured in place settings, 10 pieces of white French corningware, silverware for 12, dishes kissed by cherries, glassware galore, eight cloth napkins, baking pans times three, so many mouths to feed, my belly left empty, dried husks, wheat stalks, I didn't know the meaning of lush, full, my desire strangled by expectations unspoken. But now this Midwest wife has shorn their scalp, chopped off the long locks, reminders of gendered prisons, consigned the diamond that once lived as a ring, has sold almost everything that haunts, even all of the plates. But the grief remains. Turns out I can't erase a story just because its ending was cut short. Divorce cannot delete that Midwest wife. She still lives. Her heart echoes in these prose. I've got the empty cupboard and a wallet full of cash to create something less broken. Mm. Yeah. I, yeah, I really relate to that a lot. And I, and I, like, we've bonded over, like, how our divorces were and different things. And I, I find myself making like I check in with myself a lot now that I'm in a new relationship to not go back to those ways and not go back to those expectations that were given to me that were Mm -hmm. never mine like I Mm -hmm. I look back at the things that I did in my marriage and I'm just dumbfounded yeah by why and how and like so much that I put forth that shouldn't have been all on me but it Mm -hmm. just felt like the expectations that I was told or like given from Mm -hmm. when I was a child Mm -hmm. the script Mm -hmm. the script and the template yeah and I think one of the biggest things like having me live farther away from my family I'm I I enjoy that yeah I enjoy being different from what my expectations were like mm-hmm. I mean a perfect example this weekend um I actually haven't had family in my place since I moved and I had a couple family members come up and stay with my little cousin while I was gone and wow. um my house is very untraditional for them right I don't mm-hmm. have a dining room table I don't really even have chairs or a table for that matter mm-hmm. um me and my partner when we eat or do things we're on the floor we're stretching yes. we're we're being very very unconventional and my family, when they came, I was a little nervous, like when they were coming up and I was like, oh, they're going to judge me. They're going to make me feel. And I, and I didn't want to feel like I was going to be going back into those expectations. And mm-hmm. I made myself very clear when I was like, hey, just to let you know, this is my house and this is how we do things. And it felt very strengthening for me because yeah. I, I, I'm trying to form my own opinions and I'm trying mm-hmm. to form my own self and forge my own path. And I think like getting young, like married at such a young age yes it it's so hard to transition into something bigger and become an adult in such a different light and mm. um you know I say this all the time like I'm I'm such an established child in my opinion yes! like I'm, I'm, you know, yes. I'm 29. I'm not that old, but I'm, I'm, I've done so many things that people yes. have extended to do for their entire lives. And, and 
I've lived that life and I've felt that constriction and I've felt that mm-hmm. um, those walls closing in and telling me on what I had to do and I did it and now I'm out of it and I'm like, man, I will never go back. Yeah. I will never right. go back. And it's not to say that it's not there because it's, right. it's still, it still triggers. You know, there's plenty mm-hmm. of times where I just, I'll find myself just doing the things that like aren't my responsibility or becoming that wife. And I'm like, oh, I'm cooking, I'm cleaning, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I'm, I'm taking care of you. I'm planning this for you. And I'm like, why right. am I, what? You don't have mm-hmm. to do it all. Well, that wife archetype sort of requests or not requests, that'd be too nice, demands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and this is outside of whomever your partner is whoever your spouse is, like they could be the most kindest, wonderful, whatever person in the world. And still this role demands a certain code of behavior and expectations through a white patriarchal lens. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, embracing my own queerness and my own um, non-binariness has really let me just like step outside of that conditioning in a way Mm -hmm. that like I feel free to be myself. And I can also recognize how that very conditioning is in addition to my experiences of trauma led me to being in situations where I was assaulted because I had lost all sense of identity and sense of self and boundaries Mm -hmm. that I couldn't feel into or sense into. I didn't have any discernment around safety and not say in danger. Yeah. My wires got crossed. And so I was sharing um, with you in the car on the way here, Amy, I'm and Val, this is an update for you. (gasps) Yes. (laughs) I got the dirt, the juice. Um, I'm tea. (laughs) (laughs) The tea. I'm dating a new person and I am in love and I feel for the very first time both turned on by this person and safe with this person. Those two things don't usually coexist for me. If I'm turned on, I'm in danger. Mm -hmm. And that's because from a trauma perspective, what activates us, so what triggers us in our nervous system, what triggers a fight, flight, freeze, dissociate response, Mm -hmm. is also the same pathway of what arouses us. Mm, What activates us is what arouses us. And so (laughs) guess where my trauma is and being harmed and violated. So like, guess what turns me on? Yeah. Right. Right. As evidenced by that, one of the poems, right? Yeah. (laughs) Wow. And so typically in my history, because I have dated a lot of people and I have had a lot of sexual experiences, what I've found is I'm turned on if I'm in danger and if I'm safe, I'm bored and I'm disinterested. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's just trauma in a nutshell. But with this new person, I feel aroused and safe, which is amazing. (laughs) Wow. Yes. Yeah. And it's taken so much work to get there in myself of like having to heal these wounded parts and having to um, deal with my avoidance you know, mm-hmm. and also mm-hmm. like really strengthen my discernment. Yeah. Like really work on that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so exciting. I'm so excited for you and I can't yeah. wait to hear it blossom. Yes. So I'm going to read you a poem that's in direct contrast to that. Oh. Mm. So this one, trigger warning, this mm-hmm. poem 
um, involves an instance of assault. There's no graphic details, but it could be difficult for assault survivors to hear. So if you are an assault survivor, this is your invitation to either listen with someone, turn it off, turn back, or um, take care of yourself while listening. So breathing, Mm -hmm. grounding, those sorts of things. Okay. Beautiful. It's titled Politics. Mm -hmm. She said, you're mine. Don't you understand that thing dancing between us? A power exchange. I wish I could learn this lesson better. Will I ever be more than a vessel for those with hungers predatory? Empathy makes me good prey. An echo of so many men in their whiskey-drenched secrets. No more room to breathe. Why do I like choking? I said, stop, don't, no, not like that. A body memory. How didn't I see it coming? The black shadow haze, eyes glazed. I've seen that look before. She said, I can't stop. I said, that hurts, be gentle. She said, nothing, only thrusting. I said, get off. Trembling, shaking from the shock. Women are supposed to be safe. The illusion persists. How could someone who does so much good for the community be so violent? She said, I need to take a walk. I said, please don't go, I need to be held. But instead, she fell asleep on top of my naked body, crushed and cold on a sliver of mattress too small for me. Why am I always being asked to take up less space? No wonder I prefer my bed empty. An energetic imprint, a violent exchange, still crackling, alive in my skin. Assault never leaves either party. I should have said I need to leave, hopped on a plane back to Seattle. Long-distance lovers can hide themselves too easily. But instead, I swallowed the truth along with my story. Patterns are patterns for a reason. And I don't have a body to protect, so I let it be whatever is needed to please. I wish I could stop playing pretend, staring blankly out of windows. She said, you've always had one foot out, looking for an escape, always testing me, her anger leaking, true colors revealed. I said, can you blame me? Look at what happened. My instincts were right. She said, I don't remember what you're talking about. I was too drunk. A denial. A lie. A politician skilled at burying the truth. I've always hated basements. They hold everything that belongs below the surface of the earth. Maybe I'm jealous. I wish I could stay buried too. Wow. Wow. Yeah, thanks for breathing with me for the eye contact. Yeah, that was very, I have goosebumps actually. That was, and I know that was a lot for you because that, I mean, these are based off of you. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, And so thank you so much for being so vulnerable and being willing to share with us. Yeah. Because it means a lot. And I, you know, it puts you into a very deep perspective of understanding and, and, and like in your poem and how you were saying someone at face value can look so idealistic and perfect and exactly what they're supposed to be. But then behind closed doors in that basement, there's some deep, dark things that are buried and clearly, you know, with them not even acknowledging the fact of what happened Mm -hmm. like there's some deep dark things that are buried and um I can't even imagine like 
what you've gone through to heal from that and you've elegantly put it into very beautiful words. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Wow. Absolutely. (sighs) Yeah. And for you, like, you know, because, like, you, in the poem, you know, you ask that question, like, you know, will I be more than a vessel? And then, and from there also, you know, talked about, um, you know, like, women are supposed to be safe. And so how are you, like, you know, especially, like, um, like, into your identity as a queer person, like, you know, how are you able to... Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. To be because because like you know to be able to, like to go from this place of like you know I'm safe now to like holy shit this is like this is even this person everywhere. is exactly insane. Yeah. exactly and so you know like how how are you able to get to this space you know because you talk about like this new relationship that you're in and you yep. know, like are like do you feel like you know do you feel like um, that you are no longer that vessel, right? Do you feel like more that you are in a safe space? Like you did feel, you said, you mentioned that, and I don't know the the gender of this person, but you mentioned- They're non-binary, trans mask. Mm. Okay, yes. (laughs) Trans for trans love. Yes. Yes. I love that. (laughs) Yeah, and so I I just wanted to hear more about, you know, like how are you able to heal and get to the space of feeling more safe if you feel comfortable in sharing I would love to share. You know, there are a few- non-negotiables in healing from trauma uh, for me. And Mm -hmm. I mean, one of the first things and what I opened up with both of you about and giving you the gift of like the memory of how you were there for me is like first and foremost community. Mm -hmm. The thing that makes trauma so scary is how isolating it can be Mm -hmm. and how it can turn your own mind against you and make you believe that you are utterly alone that you are unique in your experience and that nobody wants to hear about your experience because it's a downer or it's too intense or it's too much. And so by its very nature, the trauma of trauma isn't even necessarily in the traumatic event itself. It's in the ripple effects, the after effects of that and how folks lose access to their communities. And so... I've really had to lean into my community and share my story and let myself be seen and witnessed and let myself, you know, have moments with friends where I'm allowed to cry and I'm allowed to talk about it. And then at the same time, like really reconciling and wrestling with myself, like, fuck, how did I end up in this situation again? Like, and really working with how do I not blame myself? How do I not feel not just humiliated and being violated, but humiliated in being made a fool of not being Mm. smart enough to see it. Mm. And, you know, I worked with um, a really lovely, amazing organization all of this past year called the Northwest Network. And they're a not-for-profit for queer, trans, non-binary survivors, LGBTQ survivors of sexual Mm -hmm. assault. And they provide free case management services. I talked to my case manager on the week, or on the week, on the phone every week for like a year. Mm. Um, She really helped me in like being super non-judgmental and compassionate about all of the symptoms I was experiencing because symptoms after assault can be pretty intense. Mm -hmm. Um, Nightmares, flashbacks, uh, 
the constant need to be on the move, running. I mean, mm-hmm. I moved four states in a year, and that's not right. a coincidence. I had mm-hmm. just been assaulted in January. Mm-hmm. My body couldn't be still. Nowhere, pl- no place felt safe. No place felt like mm-hmm. home. And also, my nervous system was like completely fucked, and my appetite was also completely fucked. And so, I dropped mm-hmm. a lot of weight as well. And so. And asking myself all of these questions and getting the support I needed, what I really came back to was like, well, if I don't, if I don't inhabit my body, meaning if I'm dissociated and I'm not present in my body, that's when these things happen. Mm-hmm. And okay, so if this these things are happening because I'm pretending as if I don't have a body or I'm quite literally not in my body, then it's really hard to care about what happens to my body. Mm-hmm. And so reclaiming my right to pleasure, um, that looking like rebuilding a safe sexual relationship with myself, being Mm -hmm. celibate, even like, you know, for the longest time, not to get like too graphic, but like for the longest time, I couldn't even masturbate with any kind of penetration Mm -hmm. because my body was just locked up from fear. It was just like, no. I can't. And so what ended up happening was I began practicing radical consent with myself, even in self-pleasuring or masturbation Mm -hmm. practices, like asking my body, do you want to be touched right now? Mm. May I enter? (laughs) Like with myself. Yeah. Practicing consent on yourself. Yes. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the time the answer was no. And then Mm. I began to realize how much I relied on that as a way to just like quickly reset the stress levels in my body. Cause mm-hmm. like how many of us have just been like, all right, I'm just going to jerk off and then I'll feel better. Yep. Right? <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Which there's nothing wrong with that. Like it is actually a natural way to like get a huge dump of oxytocin and dopamine. Like great. Yeah. That's a mood booster, but maybe my body doesn't want to do that right now. So like, right. how can I find it without that? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then I had a healing experience this um, past summer when I was living in Portland. I briefly dated a woman who um, I got to practice. It was the first time I was really practicing asserting my boundaries. Like, mm-hmm. actually, you need to ask before you touch me. Or And, you know, COVID provided the perfect groundwork for that mm-hmm. of like, oh, we all have to be asking these questions. We all yeah. have to be practicing boundaries, you know. Like I made us get COVID tests before we even kissed. Mm. Like, (laughs) but she was so kind and it was one of those situations where just like timing, context of both of our lives, we were in the middle of a global pandemic. It Mm. didn't end up working out, but that experience was really healing for me to just have the contrast. And now, um, you know, as I'm tiptoeing and entering into relationship again and I'm dating a new person and we are becoming sexually active with each other and we are building intimacy and it is very vulnerable. What I'm mostly focused is on, okay, consent, yes. And also even more importantly, am I fully here? Because if I'm not fully here, I cannot give consent. So no dissociated sex. And if I start to notice myself wanting to dissociate during sex, then sex stops. Mm -hmm. And your partner handles that very well. They're amazing. Wow. They're amazing. Wow. Yes. Yes. And that's how it should be. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah. And it's not taken personally. Yeah. Yeah. Which is how I can feel both safe and turned on. Yes. Yes. (laughs) 
Wow. Oh, there's just like a deeper oh understanding gosh. there that yeah. helps them understand that like this isn't about them. Correct. It's about you. Correct. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then also like navigating sex with another non-binary person feels really mm-hmm. good because the gender stuff doesn't feel nearly as intense for me. And mm-hmm. same, they've expressed the same like, oh, it doesn't actually matter what parts we're working with. Mm-hmm. Um if you touch me in this spot of my body, it feels good in this way. It like doesn't have to have a name or, you know, like it just, right. that's my body. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's got to feel so empowering. It feels so good. Man. Yeah. And also so freeing as well. Yeah. Super freeing. Wow. Yeah. But to like answer your question more, Val, it really did fuck me up that I was mm-hmm. assaulted by someone who was assigned the same gender as me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really like, I really went into that trauma worldview. So trauma gives us like these distortions Uh of the world. Mm -hmm. And it gave Mm -hmm. me that trauma worldview of like, literally everyone is a piece of flaming dumpster garbage fire. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No one is to be trusted. Yeah. Get the fuck away from me. Yeah. Love isn't real. Mm -hmm. This like really hard, hard, dark place. Mm -hmm. Um, And Again, just building up that sense of safety and trust and consent in my own body and mm-hmm. honoring my own celibacy for a long time, really. And also practicing with my friends to just that safety mm-hmm. and trust. Like, it, it, that's what. And nourishment, being in recovery for my eating disorder. Holy shit. Right. Can't believe I didn't say that yet. Uh, right. Like, I went to treatment um, back in December and or November, and so I've been out of treatment for six months now, and I've maintained all of the weight that I was able to restore in eating disorder treatment. And having wow. a nourished brain and having a nourished body makes it way easier for me to access my discernment. Wow. Yes, I believe it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You have accomplished a lot. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Seriously, Nico, I don't know if you, you realize that. Yeah. 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 I have yeah. two poems to end us with. <gasps> Yay! The um, I'll read the next one. It's called Dear Body. And then I'll mm-hmm. end with a poem titled The Reclamation. Okay. And these poems were just published by Project Heal for Pride Month um, in Eating Disorder Recovery. Oh, that's mm-hmm. beautiful. Okay. Oh, Pony Bear is playing in the background. Oh. <laughs> Me and my sweetie listened to this when we were visiting in L.A. Oh, that's so sweet. (laughs) That's really nice. Love is in the air. It is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Dear Body. Or actually, it's titled A Love Letter. Oh. Dear Body, thank you for being a soft place to land, for graciously holding space, for being the strongest vessel while carrying the abuse that leaves you tired, filled with ache. Dear body, thank you for my stubborn heartbeat, for surviving the grief, for showing me that even when whittled away from unspeakable pain, bones poking through, your tenderness remains. Dear body, thank you for coming back to me bit by bit, bite by bite, taking in the nourishment you've been patiently waiting for whilst I was lost in the PTSD haze. Dear body, thank you for having faith in me, for dancing even when I'm sad and angry. I'm learning to honor you, listen with my heart instead of my brain, let you be wild, untamed. 
Dear body, we are building trust still. I vow to treat you always with kindness and respect. Never try to shape you or bend you to my will. You are my longest lover. You are my best friend. I will be here with you till the end. Wow. I can see Mm -hmm. the emotion in your eyes. Mm -hmm. That was a lot for you to get to this point. Yeah. I'm just like, the the tears are gratitude. Like, holy fucking shit. Mm -hmm. I got back in my body. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which is very difficult to do. Yeah. Which is very difficult to do. It's very difficult to connect your mind and your body to understand what they both need. And to take care of both of them at the same time, especially when you've lacked in taking care of one, it's very difficult to regain. Mm. Yep. And you've done that fantastically and so strong. It's, Mm -hmm. I just, once again, (laughs) hands down to you. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And I love that that was just like a letter of gratitude for all that your body has been through. And like, I feel like to even hear yourself speak that out loud is just another reassurance for your body. It's just like, you know, we're safe now we're here. And so like, it's just continuing to like build up that, like build up like that healing work that you've been doing. And so this is just, thank you for letting us witness this. Mm -hmm. uh, Thank you for creating this space. Oh my God. Of course. So glad. I know. I'm going to end us on an uplifting note. Mm -hmm. This is the final poem of the book. This is how the book Mm -hmm. ends. So you're getting to hear the beginning. Remember all the way back to my mother was an addict. Oh yeah. This is the reclamation. I want to delight in myself the way my mother never taught me how. I want to love every little bump, scar, and crevice till I no longer feel hollow, subdued. I want to delight in myself, celebrate every ache and moan, pinch and groan, make this body a home. Allowance is freedom too. I want to embrace pleasure as my path, shame removed, a reclamation, shrieking laughter, wild dancing, stomping feet, dirty knees, everything uncouth. No one asks a flower not to bloom. And so I do, and so I do, and so I do. Do unfold. Something curious allowed to grow. Delight in myself like a child who hasn't yet learned to hide everything ugly, messy, raw. This is called healing. Growing up is growing young. Little Nika is the beautiful one, and delight in them I do. That's it, folks. Wow. Oh, my God. We went on a journey. Yeah. We did. No one asks a flower not to bloom. Oh, that one got Mm me. (laughs) That one was a good one. I'm actually writing that down. (laughs) I I loved, like, that um, it ends in, like, you know, you talk about the child, but it's like I I was closing my eyes as you were talking, and it's like I could feel feel you really come alive there and your inner child really come out and it could it felt like I could see them just running yeah. and like playing and like the joyfulness and also like this kind of just like hope and wonder and like readiness for the future as well and like being able to take it with that like childlike curiosity and just yeah. like okay here I am and I'm ready to do this and that was so beautiful thank you thank you so much thank you so much for all that you've shared 
Like, thank you a lot. And I am so excited to hear and see how you touch other people by this mm-hmm. episode. Ugh. Yeah. Because I mean, you you've, so much. you've clearly touched Val and I, and mm-hmm. I can only imagine what else you're going to do with everything yeah. that you're putting out there. It's amazing. Ooh, yeah. I'm so grateful for this opportunity. It's been so, so good to talk to you both. And yeah. it's been really good practice for me to like, you know, own my space and own my truth. And that was my intention and question before we started. And so I, I'm, I feel good about what I shared here today. And thank you for creating the conditions in which I could. Yes. Oh my gosh. That makes me feel so good to know that you felt like you could be your truth here. Oh yeah. Oh, that felt amazing. (laughs) Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, we'll keep you awesome. Yeah. We'll keep you guys all posted on Nico's book that comes out. Mm -hmm. It's titled, I should give you a ladder. Oh, oh my, that's really good. Um, And yeah, and keep us updated on any information. If you have, you know, uh, reading or anything like that going on, let us know and we'll make sure that we let everyone else know. We really, really appreciate you being here. Yeah. um, Oh, go ahead, Val. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, just to, you know, if you want to let, like, our audience know, like, where they can find you. Also, like, any other platforms, like, for instance, like, your podcast, things like that, that you okay. want to, like, go ahead and talk about now. This is your chance to shine, too. Thank Even you. more so than you've already been doing. Yes. <laughs> so you can find me on Instagram. Um, it's at Nika, N-I-C-A, Salvaggio, S-E-L-V-A-G-G-I-O. You can also find me on my website if you enjoyed listening to any of the poems you heard today. I do have some art prints in collaboration with my book illustrator, Anika Zebron, hugely wildly talented, um, where you can purchase poster prints of some feral is available for print, um, one of the poems I read. And also you can find me talking about eating disorder, more specifically about eating disorder recovery and gender identity and the intersections of that on the Non-Binary Body Image Project podcast. Such a mouthful, but it's descriptive. Yes. (laughs) Um, And that also has an IG page. And then let's see. Um, I think that's it for now. Oh, my website for the prints is just my name, www.nikasalvaggio.com. Perfect. Thank oh you my so gosh. much. Yes, of course. Everyone, obviously, go check Nico out. Yes. I, if you didn't get enough here, go get more. <laughs> yes. Um, once again, thank you for being here. Chris, thank you always for doing all that you do. Val. So Amy. good to have you, even <laughs> from you, afar. Val. Love you. Yes. Love you all. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for all of your energy. This is so beautiful and so healing. So thank you. Yes. Thank you for your hearts. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And thank you everyone and have a great rest of your day. Yes. Bye. Bye. Bye.